0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. Welcome to a NFL draft slash NBA playoff edition of the show today. I hope all of you out there in the sports world and the world in general are being safe and doing well. I hope all of you out there are being safe during this pandemic and making good, careful, and smart decisions. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, as we all know, the NFL draft is coming up tomorrow night. I am very, very excited for it. I cannot wait for it. As well as the NBA playoffs that have taken place. And this first round of the NBA playoffs has just been absolutely ridiculous. As we all know, the Boston Celtics swept the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not going to lie. I'll admit I was wrong about the Brooklyn Nets beating the Boston Celtics and Boston and, and, excuse me, Brooklyn didn't even win a game in this series. They didn't even win a game, and Boston just made quick work of them and just got them out of the way. Last night, the Miami Heat knocked off the Atlanta Hawks 97-94 in Miami to win to win their series against Atlanta in five games. The, the Memphis Grizzlies knock off the Minnesota Timberwolves in game five to take a 3-2 series lead and now they're on the verge of knocking off the Minnesota Timberwolves and heading to the Western Conference semifinals. Also, the Phoenix Suns knock off the New Orleans Pelicans in game 5 to go up 3-2 in their series. The New Orleans Pelicans have been giving Phoenix real issues. And as we all know, Devin Booker got hurt in game in game 2 with a hamstring injury and it's made things a little bit more difficult for Phoenix to kind of put New Orleans away, which has also led to giving New Orleans some energy, giving them some confidence to make, to actually make them believe that they can win this series. And here's the thing about it New Orleans still has a legitimate chance to win this series, but ultimately, this is just me. At the end of the day, experience, beats, excuse me, experience beats young, inexperienced talent any day of the week. Brandon Ingram is playing some of the best basketball of his career, and he is truly showing how good of a talent he really, really is. And in my opinion, I think, and this is just me, I think Phoenix will close New Orleans out. I think they'll close them out in six, but it would not surprise me if that series goes seven games with the Pelicans and the Suns. I don't think it will, but it would not surprise me. But again, New Orleans is giving Phoenix some problems. They're giving them some issues, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Tonight... The Milwaukee Bucks will take on the Chicago Bulls. In my opinion, the Bucks are going to close the Bulls out. And the Bucks will go on to the Eastern Conference semifinals to play, to play Boston. The Dallas Mavericks, in my opinion, will knock off the Utah Jazz. And they will eliminate Utah. And here's the crazy part about this Utah-Dallas series. And I was thinking about this, and I was also telling a family member of mine this when luka suffered that hamstring or that that calf that calf strain at the end of the regular season and it bled into the playoffs i said that if dallas somehow found a way to win game 3 against the utah jazz if that they, if they somehow found a way to win game 3 they were going to win this series because Jalen Brunson went off in game two, put up 38 and then Dallas went into Utah and won game three. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, the longer this series goes and the longer Dallas keeps themselves in it, eventually Luka's going to come back and Dallas is going to end up winning this series. And I said this in my NBA playoff predictions that outside of Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson, who else is going to really put up points for the Utah Jazz? And ultimately, it was going to come down to which star players supporting cast was going to be able to step up. Was it going to be Lucas or was it going to be Donovan Mitchell's? And so and for the most part, it's been Lucas. It's been Lucas. So... Now it's at a point where Dallas is up 3-2. They have Luka back. They've shown that they can win games without Luka or or even, or better yet, make games competitive even without Luka. Now they have a chance to close the Jazz out with Luka back on the floor. And I think the Dallas Mavericks will knock off the Utah Jazz. And then finally, the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. Golden State is just running circles around the uh, they're just running circles around the Denver Nuggets. But also they play the most beautiful brand of basketball that I have probably seen since the mid since the early to mid 2000s with the San Antonio Spurs. That they, they just they, the the Golden State Warriors share the ball so beautifully that it is so beautiful to watch. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green and Steph is Steph is so he ha, he he is so he is so selfless that he's willing to come off the bench. What star player who's won an MVP, won multiple championships? What star player do you know is so egoless and selfless to the point where he is okay with coming off of the bench? during the playoffs, to allow a guy in Jordan Poole who's been playing his ass off and balling his ass out. And if Jordan Poole continues to play like this, Golden State is either not going to let him go and they're going to give him a contract extension or they're going to end up probably having to trade him because his price range is going to go up. The better and better Jordan Poole plays, the more his price range is going to go up. So, the fact that Golden State is playing the way that they're playing is giving me those 2015, those 2014, 2015 vibes of 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 them winning of them winning a championship and then the following year winning 73 games. So, Golden State, in my opinion, they they and then not only that with the Denver Nuggets and I said this during my playoff predictions as well that I just don't trust the Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray. I just don't. And you're starting to see why the Denver Nuggets are struggling as much as they're struggling against Golden State. Even if they had Jamal Murray, I probably still would have picked the the Golden State Warriors anyway. But bottom line, Golden State, in my opinion, are going to close out the Denver Nuggets. And they're going to move on to the Western Conference Finals. So, next up. I want to talk about the NFL draft. As we all know, the NFL draft is coming up tomorrow, and I am very, very excited about it. I can't wait. But here is the difference between this year's draft and a a lot of drafts in the past. This year's draft, and as we all know, the NFL draft has always had two, three quarterbacks, maybe even four to a degree, that you can clearly say and look at those guys and say, okay, yeah, those are franchise changing quarterbacks they're gonna go within the top 10 top 15 you don't have that this year this draft this court this qb draft class in 2022 is i don't want to say it's weak but it's not as good as years past like like the 2018 nfl quarterback draft class or whatever the case may be so but this draft gives you a lot of offensive line talent a lot of Really, really good pass rushers, a lot of really good corners, damn good wide receivers, some good linebackers. You really can't sit back and say that if that when you look at this draft, that there are quarterbacks that stand out, stand out to you. You really can't say that. That's why this draft is so rich in other positions that really, honestly, and I'm being honest with you guys right now, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys out there already know this. The other reason why this draft is not really heavy in 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 QB talent or why teams really aren't looking looking to get a quarterback is because 95 to about 96, maybe even 97% of the teams in this draft have their quarterback already. Teams like Jacksonville, teams like Houston, teams like the Jets The only teams that you can really say that need a quarterback, need a quarterback, are Atlanta, Seattle, you know, teams like that. Carolina, teams like that, that really, truly need a quarterback. But teams like Jacksonville, teams like the Jets, teams like. Teams like the Giants and the Dolphins who really aren't sure about their quarterback position. But for now, for 2022, they're keeping their they're keeping their quote unquote guy in house. They they don't need a quarterback. They don't need one. So what they're so so what are those teams going to do? They're going they're going to continue to put talent around. Their, their franchise quarterback that they're going to have for the next decade or their, or their quarterback that they have just for 2022, they're going to continue to put offensive line talent, receiver talent around those guys so they can help them succeed either for the next five to 10 years or just for 2022 to see if those guys are the right guys moving forward. But that's why I say that this draft is so different because the quarterback doesn't necessarily take over the draft like it did maybe even four or five years ago. And it's so much talent in other positions, like offensive line, like linebacker, like defensive end, like corner, like receiver, that you don't need to you don't need to trade up and rush and just grab a quarterback because you need him and you don't want anybody. You don't want that other team or you don't want your division rival. To get him, so that's why I say that this that this year's draft is probably different than is a lot different is a lot more different than any, than any other year's draft. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you guys my top fifteen NFL mock draft before tomorrow night. I'm going to give you guys my top fifteen NFL mock draft picks, and also I'm going to tell you guys I- I'm going to give you guys my two favorite NFL draft prospects. And I'm going to tell you guys why the Brooklyn Nets first round exit could be the beginning of their demise. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. In honor of tomorrow night's NFL draft, which I'm very, very excited about. I cannot wait. I am just, I am so excited about this. The NFL draft is one of the best times of the year. It gives fans hope. It gives it gives us football fans the opportunity to... See what see how front offices operate as far as putting teams together and things of that nature. And it is very, very exciting. So with that being said, you guys, I'm going to give you guys my top 15 2022 NFL mock draft picks. Here we go. With the number one overall pick in my 2022 NFL mock draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Aiden Hutchinson. Defensive end, Michigan. Why do I have the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Aiden Hutchinson? I have them selecting Aiden Hutchinson for this reason. Yes, they could go Evan Neal. Yes, they could go Akim Akwanu. I would have absolutely no problem with them taking an offensive lineman with the number one overall pick. But at the end of the day, because this draft is so rich in offensive line talent, you you could still find ways to... Protect Trevor Lawrence in the second and third and fourth rounds of the draft with how much offensive line talent there still would be out there in those later rounds. You, If you go and you get Aiden Hutchinson, you'll be able to pair Aiden Hutchinson up with Josh Allen. It'll give you your pass rush duo for the next five to six, maybe seven years, so you won't have to try and feel like you're reaching for an Evan Neal, or for a Charles Cross, or whatever the case may be. So that's not to say that them drafting an Evan Neal with the first pick is a bad thing, because it's not. But I'm just saying that with this draft being so rich in offensive line talent that you you go with the, with the best player available at the moment and not necessarily for need. You go for need later, you go for... You go for impact playmaking now, and Aiden Hutchinson gives you that. Next up with the number two overall pick. The Detroit Lions select Evan Neal, offensive tackle Alabama. Bottom line is this. You have Jared Goff. The Detroit Lions have Jared Goff. You drafted Penay Sewell last year out of Oregon. You need to go continue to add more offensive line depth to this roster. You got Penay Sewell. You you add that you add that with Evan Neal, now you're starting to build an offensive line around Jared Goff. You trade it for Jared Goff, protect him. Next up, with the number three overall pick, the Houston Texans select Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. Bottom line is this: the Houston Texans have not been able to to really find a replacement for J.J. Watt since they let him go a couple a couple of off seasons ago. You have Jacob Martin. You have Angelo Blackson. Continue to beef up that defense. And you put Kayvon Thibodeau with Jacob Martin. Now you got something. Now you got something with the Houston Texans. So I believe the Houston Texans will take Kayvon Thibodeau with the third overall pick. Next up, the New York Jets with the with the fourth overall pick. The New York Jets select Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback, LSU. Bottom line is this. Robert Sala is a defensive guy. He's a defensive head coach. He ran a really, really good defense. He ran a damn good defense in San Francisco. He needs cornerbacks. He needs corners in the worst way. He needs to beef up that secondary. So that's why I gave the New York Jets Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. Next up, the New York Giants with the fifth overall pick. The New York Giants select Akeem Akwanu. Left tackle, NC State. The New York Giants' offensive line was a... Was, just it was so damn bad last year it was terrible it was so bad it was so bad that they just need to try to beef up this offensive line as much as possible so and then not only that you have daniel jones for this year don't know about moving forward but you have him for this year protect him and that's why i have the new york giants selecting akim akwanu left tackle out of nc state next up the carolina panthers at the end of the day they need to fix this offensive line, too. And I know what a lot of people out there are thinking. Jared. they need a quarterback. Why don't they go quarterback right here? I would not be mad at that at all. But at the end of the day, they need to beef up this offensive line. They need to fix this offensive line, which is why I have them selecting Tyler, Linder, Tyler Linderbaum, center out of Iowa. If you continue to beef up this offensive line— whomever the quarterback that you bring in, whether it be Jimmy Garoppolo or you keep Sam Darnold, you'll be able to build on that and protect that all and protect those guys and continue to build on that offensive line. Next up, the New York Giants again. With the New York Giants' seventh overall pick, I have them selecting Ahmad Sauce Garner, cornerback out of Cincinnati. The New York Giants need to fix this damn defense, Okay. I saw an article a couple of weeks ago, probably maybe maybe even a couple of months ago, that talked about them possibly trading James Bradbury. So with them trading James Bradbury and them still having a Dory Jackson, they're going to need all the cornerback help they, that, that, that they can get. So that's why I have them selecting Ahmad Sauce Gardner at number seven. Next up, the Atlanta Falcons. They need to replace Julio Jones. They're probably going to move on from Calvin Ridley. So with the eighth overall pick, the Atlanta Falcons select Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. They need playmakers on this offense, and they need playmakers to help out, uh, to help out Marcus Mariota. So that's why I have the Falcons selecting Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Next up the Seattle Seahawks. You traded for Drew Locke protect drew lock i have the seattle seahawks with the ninth overall pick selecting charles cross offensive tackle mississippi state bottom line is me a lot of people have the seattle seahawks selecting a quarterback i don't think that's going to happen i think they're going to stand pat with drew lock for this year and they're going to protect him. dwayne brown may come back you have uh you have damian lewis who you drafted out of out of LSU continue to build on that continue to build on that and that's why I have them selecting Charles Cross with the number nine overall pick here we go the New York Jets again with the number 10 overall pick select Kyle Hamilton safety out of Notre Dame I have the New York Jets selecting Kyle Hamilton because they lost Marcus May to free agency so that, that's why I have the New York Jets selecting Kyle Hamilton. And not only that, like I said earlier with the Derek Stingley Jr. pick, they need to continue to beef up this secondary because Robert Sala is a defensive guy. Just like Vic Fangio in Denver when they selected Patrick Sertan, they beefed up that secondary and they, and they got Patrick Sertan. Same thing with the Jets here. Next up with the number 11 overall pick, the Washington Commanders. You got Carson Wentz. Protect Carson Wentz. With the number 11 pick, I have the Washington Commanders selecting selecting Bernard Rayman. Offensive lineman, Central Michigan. Like I said before, you got Carson Wentz. Protect Carson Wentz. And not only that, you lost Morgan Moses to the Baltimore Ravens. You lost Brandon Sheriff. To the Jacksonville Jaguars, you need—they need the Washington Commanders need to replace that off. They need to replenish that offensive line, and I have them selecting Bernard Raymond. Next up, the number uh, with the number twelfth overall pick, I have the Minnesota Vikings selecting Andrew Booth, cornerback out of Clemson. They need to continue to beef up that secondary. In my opinion, that's just me. Yes, they brought back Patrick Peterson. And yes, they still have Mackenzie Alexander, but they need to continue to beef up that defense and continue to beef up that secondary because Patrick Peterson is not going to be there forever. Next up, the Houston Texans again with the 13th overall pick. You have Davis Mills, protect Davis Mills. I have the Houston Texans selecting Kenyon Green, guard, tackle out of Texas A&M. You have Davis Mills, you got to protect him. You gotta cont- when you have a franchise quarterback, you have to try to protect them as much as you possibly can, which is why I have them selecting Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Kenyon Green does not have to go anywhere. He does not have to leave the state of Texas with the number fourteen overall pick. The Baltimore Ravens need a pass rusher. They need to. They need a pass rusher to go next to Odafẹ Owe, which is why I have the Baltimore Ravens selecting Jermaine Johnson, defensive end, Florida State. The Baltimore Ravens need all the pass rushing help that they can get at this point. Why not, get the, why not get the second best pass rusher available? And last but certainly not least, the Philadelphia Eagles. They need to continue to put weapons around Jalen Hurts. So with the 15th overall pick, the Philadelphia Eagles select Jamison Williams, wide receiver Out of Alabama, you can never, ever, ever put enough weapons around Jalen Hurts. So you put Jamison Williams with Devontae Smith, his Alabama teammate, with Quez Watkins, with Dallas Goddard, and you just continue to beef up that offense and you continue to put Jalen Hurts in a position to to succeed and continue to do well. So that's my that's my 2022 NFL mock draft picks 1 through 15. Now, moving on, I'm going to give you guys my top two, my, my two favorite NFL draft prospects. And number one is Jamison Williams. I think Jamison Williams is going to, in my opinion, Jamison Williams reminds me of Jalen Waddell last year. When the Miami Dolphins drafted Jalen Waddle, before Jalen Waddle broke his ankle against Tennessee during the 2020 season, he was the best receiver in college football. And then Devonte Smith came over and kind of took that mantle from him in the national championship game. And even before that, after after Jalen after Jalen Waddle got hurt, Jamison Williams was one of the best receivers in college football. And then he tore his ACL. He tore his ACL. In the national championship game against Georgia. He reminds me of Jalen Waddle last year. And this dude is so damn explosive. And he is just... It is scary how impactful this guy is if he goes to a Kansas City if he goes to the Jets if he goes to Green Bay he will he he might be my pick for rookie of the year you can put him at punt return you can run you can run reverses with him you can run bubble screens with him you can you can you can run slants digs you can put him in the backfield whatever the case may be Jamison Williams is so damn gifted and so explosive on the offensive side of the football that you cannot just put him in one position. So that's why I say Jamison Williams is one of my favorite NFL draft prospects because this dude could take a, a five-yard slant and take it 80 yards to the house. He is that damn good, and he may be my pick for for, for, for rookie of the year. That's just me. That's just my thought. Next up, my second favorite NFL draft prospect, Boye Mafe out of Minnesota. I watched Boye Mafe during the senior bowl. I watched him during the senior bowl, and this dude reminded me of James Harrison, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals and the New England Patriots. He reminded me of James Harrison because of his power, his get off, and his and his ability to just to just flat out just overwhelmed, and just bull-rushed offensive tackles. And his effort and his relentlessness is just is just ridiculous. If you look at him, he just looks and feels like a Pittsburgh Steeler. He just looks and feels like a Pittsburgh Steeler. So that's why I think Boye Maffe would be a perfect fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when you watch him play, His get off, his relentlessness, his power, his bull rush ability, his energy. It just reminds me of the Pittsburgh Steelers and how James Harrison played when James Harrison was on that was on that two year tear in Pittsburgh for being one of the more underrated pass rushers in all of the National Football League. So. That's my mock draft, and those are my two favorite NFL draft prospects heading into the 2022 NFL draft tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. But next up, really, really quickly, I want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. As we all know, the Brooklyn Nets got swept, and in my opinion, it's just as simple as this for me with the Brooklyn Nets. And I've been saying this for the longest time, I think Kyrie Irving, I think the Brooklyn Nets need to trade Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving has had a history of everywhere he goes, he's been a problem. And in, in Cleveland, he didn't want to deal with LeBron James. He didn't want to deal with LeBron and 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 being second fiddle to LeBron. In Boston, he 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 was kind of getting in the way of the development of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Left Boston. Now he's now he's in Brooklyn. And it went from him you know it went from Kyrie Irving it went from him you know having this 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 vaccination status thing to to him only playing part time to him being hurt to him even during if I'm not mistaken during this first or second season even literally taking time off to go to a party for one of his relatives and it's like it's like Kyrie is he can't stay healthy number one okay he can't stay healthy he's injury prone and 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 then and then he was only playing part-time because of his belief as far as his vaccination status or whatever the case may be and it's got to the point where Kyrie is just not reliable emotionally, and he's not reliable physically. And I just think it's time for Brooklyn to move on from Kyrie Irving, and I've been saying that for the longest time. But here's the other thing Ben Simmons. I'm just going to be honest about Ben Simmons. I think, Brooklyn, me personally, I think Brooklyn may need to trade Ben Simmons too. Because Ben Simmons has not played in almost a year. And it went from his collapse against Atlanta in the playoffs to his mental health to him being injured to now it's back to his mental health again. In my opinion, when you trade for a guy and he does not play the entire time after you trade for him, it's gotten to the point where you may need to move on from the guy that you eventually that, that you originally traded for. So I think Brooklyn is going to need to not only trade Kyrie Irving, but they gonna really need to think about trading Ben Simmons too, even though you just traded for him a few months ago. I'm not gonna in my opinion, if I'm Sean Marks, I'm not gonna put up with a guy who is is so indifferent that he is just not willing to come and and he's not willing to put in the effort to actually get out on the court and play basketball. Like Chuck said, like Charles Barkley said said a few days ago, if you were possibly going to play in game 3, but then you come out and you don't play in game 4, that's an issue. That's a really really big issue. So and then that leaves Kevin Durant so if Brooklyn trades Kyrie and then they strongly possibly consider or even actually can and, and or they actually even trade Ben Simmons. I mean, where does that leave Kevin Durant? Does Kevin Durant think about leaving, too? The only way Kevin Durant does not leave Brooklyn, if they trade Kyrie and if they either strongly consider or actually do trade Ben Simmons, the only way Kevin Durant stays is if they go and get a guy like Bradley Beal. That's the only way. But outside of that, it would not surprise me because again, Kevin Durant is a wanderer. He left Oklahoma City, he left Golden State. It would not surprise me if they if Brooklyn trades Kyrie and they trade or and or they made or and or they trade Ben Simmons. It would not surprise me if Kevin Durant looks around and he says, I want out of Brooklyn too. And and Brooklyn has to trade him too. I'm just saying, just throwing that thought out there. But Brooklyn being swept by the Boston Celtics was the beginning of the end, in my opinion, of Brooklyn's demise. I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong. But that's what it feels like to me. Brooklyn could come back could come back next year with a vengeance and end up making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You never, ever know. But I'm just throwing these thoughts out there to you guys. Why? The things that I said could happen may actually happen. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Very, very briefly, I want to bring up three things that pertain to the NFL draft that, or excuse me, two things that always tend to take place during the NFL draft. And we've known this for like the last 10 to 15 years. The two things are this. You always have that one player, number 1. You always have that one player who gets drafted a hell of a lot higher than a lot of people thought he would get drafted. And you have a team that kind of over drafts and reaches for a guy that that would have been a second round pick in in all actuality. But the team the team felt so strongly about him that they drafted him in the first round. So that team reached for him a little bit and they overdrafted, overdrafted for him. Then number two, you have a guy in the draft who, possibly because of some off-the-field issues in college or maybe even an off-the-field issue a few days before the draft took place, i.e. Laramie Tunsil, i.e. Shane Ray, who they had that incident that took place and they're falling in the draft they fall 15 16 17 spots and instead of them waiting in the green room green room for maybe 20 25 minutes maybe 30 minutes they're waiting in the green room for almost 2 hours and then you have a team like say the Minnesota Vikings in 2000 and i think it was 2009 2008 2009 who draft a guy in Christian Ponder, and it throws everybody off. And that comes at that, and that comes as a shock. That comes as a complete surprise. So those are always the three things that you got to look for in the NFL draft. A guy who gets overdrafted, a guy who falls in the draft because of some off-the-field problems that he had in college or even before, or even a few days before the draft. And then you have that team who drafts that quarterback a little a little too high, and it probably throws a lot of other teams drafting strategies up in limbo a little bit. But I just wanted to talk about that briefly. But with that being said, in honor of tomorrow night's 2022 NFL draft, I bring up the year 2005. Why do I, why do I bring up the year 2005? Because that is the year that one of the more crazy and kind of kind of, I guess you could say, embarrassing draft moments to a degree took place with one of the more talented quarterbacks in NFL history, and that is Aaron Rodgers, two-time MVP, Super Bowl champion. And as we all know, Aaron Rodgers is from California, from Chico, went went to Cal University, and he grew up a 49ers fan. And the 49ers said to him that they were going to draft him. He said he lit he said this. He said this. Um he said this at one point, And man, it went the complete opposite direction with Aaron Rodgers. And the 49ers ended up selecting quarterback Alex Smith with the number one overall pick out of Utah. And we all know what happened with Aaron Rodgers. He ended up waiting in the green room for two. Three hours and he got drafted by the, by the Green Bay Packers with the 24th overall pick and we all know what happened with Aaron Rodgers after that multiple time MVP Super Bowl champion but my question to you guys is this what if the 49ers had kept their word and they had actually drafted Aaron Rodgers number one overall if they draft Aaron Rodgers number one overall here's another thing that you guys need to really think about think about this Six years later, six years later, what did the 49ers do in in 2011? They ended up doing what? They ended up drafting Alex Smith's replacement and drafting Colin Kaepernick. If the 49ers had drafted Aaron Rodgers, I really don't think they. I honestly don't think the 49ers ever draft Colin Kaepernick. And if the if the 49ers draft Aaron Rodgers, I think there's a really really good chance that the Green Bay Packers take. Alex Smith. So let's just say hypothetically speaking, the 49ers take Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers draft Alex Smith, and the 49ers never draft Colin Kaepernick. I think that the 49ers probably end up winning that Super Bowl that Aaron Rodgers won with Green Bay. I think the 49ers end up winning that Super Bowl in 2010 with Aaron Rodgers, I think Green Bay still has some success but not to the level that um excuse me, not to the level, excuse me. I think Green Bay still has some success with Alex Smith, but not to the level that they have had with Aaron Rodgers up to this point, and I don't think Green Bay Excuse me, I don't think the Forty ers ever draft Colin Kaepernick. So the question is, where does Colin Kaepernick end up Colin Kaepernick end up going in twenty eleven? Where does he end up going? If the Forty ers never take him after drafting Aaron Rodgers six years later? We will never, ever, ever know the answer to that to that. That's why this is what if. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. I hope all of you continue to enjoy the NBA playoffs as I will, as I am. And I hope all of you enjoy the NFL draft tomorrow night, as I know I will, Friday through Saturday. I cannot wait. I am so very, very excited for this. If you would like to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at quietsoul 24 Q U. IETSOUL24 again that's Q U I E T S O U L 24 and you can follow me on Facebook at Jared Dawkins J A R E D Dawkins D A W K I N S thank you thank you so much for tuning in you all thank you for listening i'm out peace